Well, welcome to The Raw Roast, where we have real conversation about faith and life over a good cup of coffee. My name is Tucker Anderson. I'm a pastor here at Calvary Church, and I'm here today with Ben Tyvel, our engagement pastor, and, and Sean Winters, our senior pastor. And it's good to be back uh, together again. We've had a few weeks off here after uh, Christmas and New Year's, and uh, we thought we would start our conversation uh, today with a process that Calvary Church has been in the last um, couple of months. So, Sean, maybe uh, it would be good for you to, to start with talking about this vision casting process and where we've come from and where we anticipate going. Oh, that'd, be, that'd be great. And I am joining via Zoom, so if my voice sounds a little differently, but uh, it's good to be with you guys and good to be with our audience. Um, yeah, it, you know, through the last couple of years, we've had a lot of um, now what kind of experiences. Now what in terms of pandemic or crisis or concern or, you know, people issue. And we've had a lot of, you know, kind of surprising now what's. And we said, um, you know, in a sense, last summer, um, while we're not out of pandemic, we're, we feel like we need to ask the now what, now what do we do in this place in this time? Um, what is it that God has called us to do and who has God called us to be? And so we uh, reached out to an outside consulting firm, uh, the Unstuck Group, and asked them to come and spend some time with us. So they did that. They, they kind of took a, a smaller group who would represent the bigger congregation, a group of a few of the elders and a few of the staff, for uh, some numerous conversations and coming out of that, we've had a lot of work, right? We, we've had just a lot of things that we've had to, I mean, spend time talking in teams, um, praying about, searching scripture over. But I think, and, and I, I'd love to hear you guys, I think it's been a really good process for us just to pause and ask, now what? Uh, I don't know, Tucker and Ben, what yours experience has been, but. One of the, one of the more um, impactful experiences in this whole process was reviewing Calvary's history, and I learned a lot of things that I didn't know. You know, I've only been here six years, but there were still many things that I learned in Calvary's history as we traced the last 30-plus years that I wasn't aware of. And I think just like, uh, you know, a family, family systems theory, uh, that can make a an organization or an organism very complex. And yeah. so that was, um, that was really insightful for me to trace Calvary's history, a rich history. Of course, certain, certainly there's been challenges in that history over the course of that many years. Um, but I think it, it really helps to know where we've come from to know where we want to go and, and um, what things we need to, what things we need to perhaps work on and, and address and and so that was a that was a, a really helpful exercise for me. That's good. I, it really in the same vein, <clears throat> I would say, you know, in the spirit of remembering through through this process, we we have done a lot of that. Like Tucker was saying, looking back and you know what what has God done, kind of throughout the history of of the local body here at Calvary. The other thing that inherently that we've done is we've kind of worked on you know, different parts of this kind of practically is we've looked at, okay, where, what has God been doing even in the last two to three years? You know, what, trusting that he has gone out ahead of us in a sense. So we, you know, 
we didn't know that all of this was coming, but I think we can trust that he had been working in and, and through us already to kind of prepare us for such a time as this. And one of the things I think about is even like with the leadership team, we had been going through a book called Canoeing the Mountains, which had a lot of the, a lot of themes and, and that helped us when the pandemic hit, like we had kind of already started to shift in a lot of different ways, I feel like as an organization. And so I look to that and, and there have been a lot of other things too, that we've kind of seen a lot of the work that Tucker has done over the years around discipleship is really informing us now as we kind of, like you said, Sean, a little earlier, you know, as we double down on discipleship and kind of refresh what that looks like here at Calvary. So I'm just encouraged to see God's faithfulness and again, the importance of, uh, of remembering, like, you know, reflecting often and saying, okay, God, this is challenging, but also you have been preparing us along the way for, like I said, for such a time as this. Yeah, no, those are really great. Um, both of those comments and reflections. And, you know, one of the things that I'm realizing is the three of us, um, yeah, I've been here the longest, almost eight years, but, you know, in those conversations, we had like Christy Becker, who has been here since she was you know, a child, um, who's, you know, long history. And so that inside Kurt Brown is one of our elders, you know, 38 years, part of Calvary Church. Um, so, so there's this organizational awareness and organizational memory that to one end is really, really positive, great strengths. But also there's been a couple areas that we've struggled in the past and challenges that are good to be aware of so we don't mm-hmm. repeat history. And um, so I think that's been great. And that was also part of what moved me to this idea of John 14, 12 being the basis of my thoughts for a vision for what's next and what now. Um, you know, where Jesus said, very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing. And then he goes on and says, they will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. So that the greater thing, and I want to have a little fun with that, but the, the greater than Jesus reflects on comparing to the works he's done and says, you know, there's actually with the coming of the spirit, um, with the advancement of kingdom impact, there's going to be even greater kingdom impact. But I, I like to take it and say, you know what, there's been great things done at Calvary Church. And in the future, there can be greater things like the best is yet to come and, and yet ahead of us. And, and so it, it's based in that belief in Jesus Christ. It is depending deeply on God for the outcomes. And he gets to determine the, the impact. But it's also trusting for greater things. So let, let, let's just talk about greater things for a minute. Greater things can can feel maybe a little too ambitious to uh Maybe a Baptist, maybe a Minnesotan, maybe an older cynical pastor. I don't know. What, what do you think about greater things and and maybe the the cautions we have on either end of over-anticipating or under-anticipating? Well, Sean, as Viking fans, we're really good at uh, <laughs> thinking through this. I mean, I have some high expectations for greater things now for the who's going to fill the coaching and GM positions, but... <laughs> Um, no, I think, also, but we're not going to get our expectations too high. They we're not going to set too high. We're just, I mean, maybe just a, <laughs> a season where we can hit 500 again is, is a uh, realistic enough. <laughs> yeah. Now Packer fans, well, their expectations are for Super Bowl 
championships every aren't they? year every year yeah, every it's year. exhausting <laughs> i know so much anxiety <laughs> I think you're right, though, Sean, that there is a tension that we feel of wanting to be realistic with our expectations, but also trusting that God can do exceedingly more than we could ever comprehend. And how do we – I wrestle with how to think through that personally sometimes. Um, that's So I, I think it is a good topic of conversation. I mean, Ben, what do you? how do well, you think through this? Yeah, I mean, I think greater things – Part of it is just defining what what do we think Jesus means when he says greater things? Like, what is he actually talking about? And you know, I have to imagine it's connected to kingdom advancement. You know, it, it's connected to people coming to faith in Jesus, people being healed, you know, finding hope, you know, finding salvation ultimately in him. So I, I think the way that he goes about doing that, I mean, he's, God is so creative in how he does that. And, you know, if you just look, if we just look across the globe right now, even, and certainly even throughout history, there are just, there are amazing ways, right, that God is revealing himself, the ways that he's choosing to, to quote unquote, move, you know, across the globe. And so we've got this, we don't have it, but God has, uh, you know, blessed us with this local community on this little corner of the globe, uh, no, no less important than any other corner on the globe. But again, it's the, it's the same God uh, that's moving ac- across the globe. And I, I think one of the things with greater things, why maybe we we're hesitant with it or why I am is because oftentimes it's, it's pretty uncomfortable. I think it involves things that inherently I think it has to involve things that are, that we are not accustomed to necessarily because as human beings, we're, we're drawn to comfort. We're drawn to, we, we like what we know, right? I mean, we're, we, we go to the things that, um, that are quote unquote normal and we serve a God that is, that is not normal, right? I mean, this is a God who exerted his strength, raised Christ from the dead, and then again says, hey, you're going to do, Jesus said, you're going to do the things I've been doing. Well, and what did Jesus do? He cast out demons, you know, healed the sick and, you know, and, and certainly preached the gospel. And so anyway, I, I just, I think there's a lot about what Jesus did, what he's calling us to do. That, that's just out of the, a little bit out of the ordinary. And maybe that's part of, that's probably part of the problem. It, it, even in my own life, I'm like, I need to be able to see the fruit of my life probably should reflect the, the fruit of ju- doing what Jesus did. Um, but that uncomfortableness, I think, would be something that I would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's probably why we resist this at times. Yeah, that's really good. And I, I think, you know, the the mission of Calvary Church is building relationships, seeing Jesus transform lives. And we're, we're going to, like, that's the end game. That's the hope that the aspiration to be a church that does that and does that well. And then this vision, you know, we feel builds towards that. And, and the first piece is relying more deeply on God and greater things, I think has to begin with a greater understanding of who God is. I like Ben, I mean, it's, it's fully understanding Mm -hmm. and, and getting a vision, getting a picture, understanding what we can't understand, try to perceive what we can't perceive. And that's God. And then, 
the second piece of it is to be missional. So to live missional lives and be intentional about that, where we are about the works of Christ. Um, you know, Jesus saw many people come to faith, um, but Peter at Pentecost saw 3,000. So, you know, it's like, like if you were to tell Peter you're going to do greater things than the Savior, he would have gone, you got to be kidding me. And then, you know, he preaches a sermon and 3,000 people come to faith. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, we, we see unbelievable gospel advancement around the globe, mm-hmm. right? And, and God is, the same God is that that is doing great work through the Timothy Initiative and other things, um, you know, is, is at work at Calvary Church and Roseville White Bear and, and surrounding area. So, yeah, I'm excited about that greater things, but it is also, I, I, I kind of feel like we need to push ourselves towards that unexpected, towards we, we expect God to show up in ways that we aren't expecting. Um, yeah. We, we're trusting God for a movement of the spirit. We're, we're trusting God for a, a reformation, even if it's a small reformation, but man, let's just, uh, let's, let's raise our expectation level for greater things. Sean, I, I love that. I've heard you say that a couple of times now where kind of that language of expecting the unexpected. And I, I think that's, I think that's really good. I, one of the things that, <clears throat> We would say, um, I, I think I had heard you say this another time um, when when talking about the same piece of the vision statement here, the reliant, relying on God piece, where you know we expect God to surprise us, and yeah. I, that that's a different way of of approaching you know, approaching God and approaching what does it mean to follow Jesus and what does it look like to to experience kingdom advancement in, you know, in our circles of influence. I think when we come with that kind of expectation or that kind of, I would say, worship and prayer saying, God, we, we do not want to limit what you can do, you know? So certainly help, help us be wise and, and stay grounded in your word, but also, you know, shake us up, like do, do what you would do. We we are ready, and we don't even fully, I'm sure, understand what we're asking for. But that I think is, a, that's a part of the the Christian yeah. the Christian life. That's part of losing your life so that we can find it. You know, kind of experience as as Jesus, uh, you know, implored, saying, "If you want to find your life, you need to lose it." So it's in that space of like, God, you are you're capable of doing whatever you want to do. We'd love to see that and experience that be a part of whatever it is that you want to do. Yeah. That's uh, one part exciting. One part scary. Yeah. Right? Totally scary. I think it has to be. Yeah. On some well, level. And, and, and interesting in that, you know, the same verse section and the teaching of Jesus in John 14, he goes right on and talks about prayer and ambitious prayer. And, um, you know, whatever you ask in my name, yeah. um, I will do. And, you know, it's something that through that section of John comes up often, John 15, 7, John 15, 16, and 17, John 16. But it, but there is boundaries, right? It's the works of Christ. Um, it, it's whatever you ask in my name. 
Mm-hmm. John 15, 7 says, if you remain in me and my word remains in you. So it's a, it's a God infused vision of asking, um, you know, it's, it's not the American dream. It's the kingdom reality. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but there's one part exciting and one part scary. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So there's the first part is reliance on God. You, you mentioned uh, the second part of the vision statement is is missional missional living. Yeah. How do we? What does that look like practically lived out? And I think this is something if I'm if I'm honest, that is still hard for me to get my mind around. Of what does missional living look like? You know, being intent intentionally missional is is how you have it written. What does that look like on a day to day basis? Would the both of you say? Yeah, I, I think, um, you know, one of the things we need to raise is that burden for the loss. So the, the reality that there are people who need Jesus, um, who are in danger of eternity without God, um, and that God has foreordained that we would be the participants, that we would be part of that redemption process in their life. Mm-hmm. And so as believers in Christ, we're placed in a spot and a network of relationships. And, and I think the first is just to have a burden and a belief that we can be a part of that. Mm-hmm. The, the second piece that I've struggled with Tucker and, and is, is saying, okay, is it like everybody I know? Um, or, or are there people that are open to the gospel conversation? Are there people that are ready? Mm-hmm. And that's where I think, I'm trying to raise my burden and then raise my awareness saying, Lord, if I'm going to pray for opportunities, I want eyes to see. Yeah. And then that last, you know, being courageous to act on it. I, I, so that's part of my process. So there's a couple people that I've been talking to and raising conversations and building relationship and having meals and more time, but yeah, I'm not sure they're open yet. <laughs> well, you raise so a you raise a great point that it's, you know, the Holy Spirit goes ahead of us and is is already working in, in people's lives, and it's it's praying for a burden, being part of that work of what the Holy Spirit is is already doing. And then, like you said, having the eyes to see the, the opportunities that God puts in front of us. And and sometimes those opportunities, you know, come, come in surprising ways surprising ways uh and unexpected ways and mm-hmm. um but and, and i would say you know, that like those opportunities are not we shouldn't assume if you have a conversation with someone that doesn't end with a with a gospel confession yep that that wasn't an opportunity from god you know corinthians tells us that some plant seeds some water seeds but christ brings that increase and so yeah i mean it, if i'm just able to have a you know, plant a seed or water a seed, that's still an opportunity from God and he's, yeah. he's in charge, if that makes sense. Yeah, that's good. I think coming from a place where we trust that, like you've been saying, the Holy Spirit is the one doing the work. Mm-hmm. God's God's heart and desire is that all would come to know him. So I think when with this question of living missionally, if I'm operating from that place where I trust that, whoever I'm coming into contact with throughout the day that the Holy Spirit has been working in and, and kind of on, on them right through, throughout their life in different ways. Mm-hmm. 
And like you guys have said, a big part of, I think, how God is calling me to live missionally or to tangibly live out kind of this loving of neighbor, like, right, loving people toward toward the kingdom. It is a listening piece. It's, am I, like you mentioned, Sean, am I connected to the vine? Am I um, hearing the shepherd's voice? You know, there's a being with Jesus component to this that can I hear his voice when he speaks, when I'm sitting at the, you know, at the coffee shop or, uh, or at the restaurant and the waitress comes and like, am I in tune enough with the spirit where, where I could hear potentially God's voice um, for, for that person that I'm coming into contact with? Is God uh, nudging me to share in some kind of way, a part of his heart to, to that uh, waiter or waitress? Uh, And so, I mean, that's a real simple example, but I, I think it's, it's quote unquote little things like that, that as I'm in tune with the father and, and really pressing into, to listen to his voice, I want to be ready throughout the day to tangibly be sharing pieces of his heart to those around me that he is, that he is going after, you know, in a, in a loving, in a loving way. Um, and one quick example of this actually was, um, just about a, about a year ago sitting in a restaurant and I don't have this real often, uh, for whatever reason I was in a, in a place where I was just, I was actually pressing into this. I was really intently asking God, God, would you, would you speak to me in ways that I'm, that I'm not used to? And would you challenge me, (laughs) give me the boldness that I need to, to speak, uh, your, your love and goodness to those around me. And the gal who was waiting the table, I mean, God gave me an impression on my heart and gave me, uh, just a, a message of, of love and hope for this, um, for this waitress in a real specific way. And it's something I actually, I resisted for about 20 minutes. (laughs) She came back to the table several times and God just, it, it was an experience of like, I was, I was getting nervous, like to the point of, God was so nudging, not just nudging me, but almost like shoving me, you know, off the ledge kind of a thing. Anyway, I mustered up the courage and shared what he was putting on my heart. And it was such a beautiful uh, moment of of her getting to hear um, a, a part of God's heart for her. And it was it was so timely and something that she was needing to hear. So again, and it wasn't about, it wasn't about me. It was, it yeah. was about God wanting to share who, um, who he is and how he saw her in that moment. She needed it. And that was one moment at least where I was obedient. And the fruit of that was, was amazing what it did for, for my faith. And hopefully, you know, also for that, for that woman as well. Um, but that's one just tangible example. That's really good, Ben. You know, part of, and so so part of this is is growing in obedience, uh, and this uh, and obedience to the to the spirit's leading, and this probably speaks to the the last part of this vision statement. Um, Sean, do you want to share what's the last part of this vision statement that you you spoke about on Sunday? Yeah, the the last piece um, is this idea of kind of double down on discipleship. So it's being um, it, it's greater maturity through discipleship. 
So our hope is, as a church, to create a real clear discipleship pathway and so that each person at Calvary kind of understands where they are and what their next step might be and challenge and compel and encourage and champion and tell stories about um, growing in our faith, um, stretching in our obedience, um, continuing to you know, be quick in confession of sin and restoration of that right relationship. So it's discipleship, but it's also a discipleship that says um, we're supposed to be disciples who make disciples. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's saying I, I want to not only move in my own walk, but I want to take responsibility or see the giftedness of God in my life to care for and compel others while they in turn are growing me. A real part of being Christian is being a Christian in community mm-hmm. and, and that life on life um, living that equips us. So, so it's the last piece is that we are going to create a discipleship pathway and challenge towards greater maturity through uh, this double down, d- doubling down on discipleship, which is kind of the area that you guys are championing, yeah. right? I was just going to say, so both Ben and I are, uh, you know, on the team that's, that's working on this. And we and the team really want it to be for our congregation, for their sake, for our sake, to be very specific. So, you know, discipleship is one of those words that I think if you went around a table of 10, you probably would get 10 slightly different answers on on what is meant by discipleship. And so we want to provide some really um, strategic, but also really tangible um, goals for discipleship. And so... Those of you who are listening, this is a sneak peek at what these might be. Uh, it's still in process, so subject to change. But uh, we want to focus on the idea of head, heart, hands, and discipling our, our head, heart, and hands to become more like Jesus in those ways. And so for head, we, we're, we're, we want people to be saturated in the Bible and theologically literate. Uh, for the heart, we, we want to see people overcome sin in their life by the Holy Spirit uh, we, we want to see them practice the spiritual disciplines, uh, so things like prayer and fasting. And then lastly, hands, so putting th- this into practice, uh, we want to be living life on mission, and we, we've identified a couple of sub-points to that. Um, one is one you've already mentioned, Sean, of an urgent desire to share the gospel. Uh, secondly would be generous living, so meeting the needs of those in our circle of influence. And then the last part is teaching others how to follow Jesus, so that, that replication and multiplication idea. And Ben, I don't know if you'd want to add anything to that, but that's where we're heading. And like I said, it, it, there's things that we'll probably still tweak on this and modify, but that seems to be the direction that we're going to want to go. Any additional thoughts there, Ben? Or all good? <laughs> I love where we're headed, head, heart, and hands. I think is a, a simple, but yet, uh, but really a, a way of approaching discipleship that mirrors how how Jesus lived his life. So we need to disciple the head. We need to we have we need a shepherding of the heart, which is that space of I'm in community, uh, I'm being held accountable. I've got a place to confess and overcome sin by the power of the Spirit, like Tucker was saying. And then that piece where it's like empowerment of the hands, right? God has given all of us a call on our life to do what Jesus did. 
uh, and even greater things, right? Like we just saw in John 14. So I think those three things, again, that's a real, that's very simple, but in some ways the gospel is very simple. It's, it's hard, (laughs) but, but I think it's simple. And so that's kind of our hope is to, to develop in, in those areas by the power of the spirit. I, I love that. It's, it's the fully formed human in the likeness of Jesus Christ. Yep. And um, we don't want to be followers of Christ who are not thoughtful. So we need that, that mind that's able, and, and not everyone's going to be as theologically astute or even interested, mm-hmm. but, but everyone can think deeply about faith and know the word of God. Yeah. Um, but but we, we don't want to have chestless <laughs> brains, right? Like, like we need people with heart and, and then it's, you know, we don't want to just sit in rooms and circles and fill up our three ring binders. We need to get out in the world and be uh, missional with the gospel, but also in care and using our gifts. So I, I, I love it. I think it's, it just so fits with the works that Christ has done and the pattern that he lives. Um, and, and the last thing I, I wrapped up was this idea of prayer, you know, that as we get excited about mission and vision, as we get excited about what God is doing and and, and hopeful about greater things. Um, just, just really hit by the EM Bounds quote that prayer doesn't fit the work, prayer is the work. And, you know, just I, I think that each person listening here to, to, you know, pray about this, pray about how God can uh, move your heart. What, what areas in your life do you need to rely more on God? In what ways in your life can you be more intentional in the gospel work, in what ways do you need to take the next step in your discipleship journey? Mm-hmm. You know, is the head, heart, or hands lacking? Or, you know, who, who can you come alongside and disciple? Um, none of us have it all figured out. And so that's not the prerequisite to be a part of leading anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just this, you know, are we committed to Christ and and willing to be used by him? And so, Pray, pray for Calvary. Pray for um, Tucker and Ben, the other staff. Pray for myself, our elder board. Um, prayer is the work. That's a great, uh, and that's a great word to end on, Sean. And it's been really uh, fun to be on with the both of you this morning. And and those of you who are listening, if you haven't had a chance to hear uh, Pastor Sean's message from this past Sunday, I encourage you to to go and 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 hear him cast uh, in a compelling way the the vision um, for um, for the next uh, few years of Calvary Church. And, and we'll throw a link to the, the sermon in, a, in the show notes uh, so that you can go in and watch that sermon directly. Uh, if you'd like more information about Calvary Church, we would encourage you to visit us at calvarychurch.us. Uh, if you have any questions that you would like us to address on future episodes, you can email us at podcast at calvarychurch.us. Uh, but I'd like to just emphasize um, what Pastor Sean just said about praying uh, being the work. And uh, we really do encourage you to pray for us, uh, pray, be in prayer for Calvary, uh, and pray for opportunities to, to live as fully uh, devoted disciples of Jesus Christ. We look forward to having you join us again next week. <laughs>